Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanuse, Mutz, Thou, Shao, Kanpo, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Ryan, Kotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijin, Kotegante, Vandavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, I have a very special guest. I've tried to get her on the show a bunch of times. It's finally happening now, and of course, as it's happening, there are gardeners in my backyard, but I turned down the gate on my microphone, so I don't think you can hear them anymore, but you know, sound off on Twitter if you can. Uh, (laughs) She is the author of Tacky, Rax King. Rax, how are you? I am so much more intimately acquainted with the realities of your like tree and and garden situation yeah. that I thought I was going to be of my after home. recording this. Yeah, I feel like I'm there, <laughs> hearing the That's chainsaw. <laughs> Who could ask for anything more? Listen, many years ago, I did used to record this podcast at my house, and people were here, so it's nice. It's like throwback vibes for me that you can be somewhat aware of uh, the trials and tribulations of living in my home. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. you know, there's that there's the baby cage right behind you. I can almost envision a baby yeah, imprisoned is. in that cage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She doesn't really go in there so much anymore uh, because she's almost two. So she's like, I would rather roam the garage and break your things. Um, and it's harder for her to do that in the baby cage. But she tries. Uh, she tries to hang out in there and have fun. There's a ball pit. I don't think you could see it, but she likes the ball I pit. really... I. I'm imagining it. It sounds glorious. I never had a kind of paint the picture Damn. for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're yeah. gonna have to because now I'm the they're, vibe is all they're more attainable. Up. I'm not now. feeling like I'm there anymore. <laughs> I can. I'll do you the said- whole square footage later. I'll talk you through the kitchen. Okay. The bathrooms. Thank you. We got one and a half baths. Yeah. <laughs> one and a half money bags. Half. I have yeah. two. That's pretty cool. I think about Thank how you. nice it would be to have a second shower all the time. Oh, it's dope. Every once in a while yeah. when uh, my boyfriend Sean and I have to use the restroom at the same time, I will announce to nobody in particular, why don't we each use one of my two bathrooms? And I just feel like a powerful millionaire. That is cool. I it used is. to have two bathrooms. So I kind of do know. I know what it's like to fall from grace. I know what it's <laughs> like to miss. It's like a phantom limb. Um, I know what it's like to have another tub, but to not have it at the same time. And it, it hurts. Well, I'm, that's going to be my life when my lease renews, I'm sure. So thank you for preparing me for the reality that I'm about to be depressed forever. That's okay. Uh, yeah. it's, we're all depressed forever. It's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, I was always going to be depressed forever, but now I have a reason. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like pretty solid assumption that most people are just in, in that space right now. <laughs> probably forever yeah 
Um, Rax, you live in the Large Apple, correct? New York? Uh, I do. Yeah, in Brooklyn. City. Brooklyn. Uh, I like that city. I enjoy it. How's it going now? I feel like I only ever really see footage of New York these days when the subways are full of uh, dark water and people are flo- floating in it panicked. Right, um, right. The dark water. Otherwise good? Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't uh, found myself in the in the in the black water myself i don't really mm-hmm. go anywhere so that's how i stay yeah. safe i recommend it i love not going anywhere all my stuff is here my dog is here yeah it's a good place to keep a dog your your house yeah I, you know I, yeah. for ages and ages i was keeping her in the neighbor's place and they finally said hey you can't keep your dog here it's not your house <laughs> not, it just all clicked for me on that day that's nice. That's an inspiring tale. Thank Rex, you. <laughs> what what is uh what is your personal history with I don't even know that I asked before asking you to just be on this show, but what is your personal history with Mortal Kombat, if any, I should qualify it. So you didn't ask before having me on. I I did offer uh the information that I have no personal history with Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. which is true. And uh you said perfect. And since then, though, I have seen a a Mortal Kombat movie, but I will qualify that by oh. saying I was blazed out of my mind and couldn't even tell you what the movie was called. I just know that it's Mortal, Kombat Mortal Kombat was, I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> I was not <laughs> present on that occasion. <laughs> do you, well, do you know enough, at least like which, was it the recent live action Mortal Kombat? It was live action. Or did it, did it seem old or or new? It was new. The person showing it to me was very excited about it. And and this wasn't someone oh, okay. showing it to me specifically, and I just wasn't paying attention. There were like 10 people in the room, and I didn't really know what was happening in any yeah. capacity. So I, could, I <laughs> have basically not watched anything Mortal Kombat related still. That's uh, arguably it the best way to do that one. Uh, it is a game. Mortal Kombat is a series of video games released um, periodically since the early 1990s. Um, they are fighting games primarily, although there have been other genres covered. That, you know, assuming nothing, that is a, a genre in which uh, you and another player each pick uh, a character to be and then beat each other up until someone wins. Um you know, it's kind of like real, it's like real life fighting in the game or in real life. I mean, I in, in theory, the game would also end if you beat someone up until you won. Uh, yeah. In reality, and I think <laughs> a lot of games in Mortal it. Kombat have ended that way as well. Yes, but of course, there is other media. There have been live action films, animated films, live action television shows, animated television shows, comic books, um, dolls, T-shirts, a lot of stuff. Anything um, else? Mouse no, pads. I think that's everything. No, coffee I don't mugs. think there's ever been a mouse pad. Definitely not a, mu- a coffee mug. No, I have a hat. I have a Mortal Kombat hat. Hey, so there, there have been hats. Hats have happened. At least one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the uh, the thing that's so wonderful and special about Mortal Kombat, despite the fact that it is a fighting game franchise, which for the most part, uh, historically, especially in the earlier days, these were not games known for like having rich, deep uh, narratives. Um, despite that, from the beginning until now, Mortal Kombat has had a single, ongoing, continuous storyline 
uh, that, um, in my opinion, is greater than uh, any ever written in the history of uh, narrative storytelling. And as you'll see today, has influenced everything from Star Wars to Star Trek, Marvel movies, the Bible, um, <laughs> and uh, in a significant way. So did you say that this video game has influenced the Bible in a yeah. significant yes. way? Okay. I think so. That makes sense. I think so. Yeah. I think it was written like um, a while ago, the Bible. Well, Mortal Kombat, I mean, again, like I said, it's, it came, the first game came out in like 1992, I believe. Um, oh. Might have been a little earlier. Uh, but uh, yeah, so... I think I think the math I think the math checks out. The math checks out. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh so you're going in blind. You don't you don't you don't know one Mortal Kombat guy from another Mortal Kombat guy. If I showed you a picture of a Mortal Kombat guy, you'd be like, "Who's that? Is that from Mortal Kombat?" I probably wouldn't even know enough to ask that second question. It would just be, "Who is that?" and maybe get out of my house depending. Okay. Perfect. Uh that's a great place to start. So, Briefly, before we get into it, I'm just going to give you like the baseline mythology of the Mortal Kombat franchise so that you have somewhere to start. Okay. Uh, again, briefly, just briefly rewinding back to the dawn of time, um, there was the one being who was an enormous celestial being, you know, God, essentially, any God, pick your, pick your poison. Um, and the one being was hanging out and was like, I want to make some life. So the one being created a pantheon of gods uh, to, to exist below the one being, and these were called the elder gods. And the one being said, hello, elder gods, I want you to create realms. I want you to make um, realities for me and planets and, and life, and then together we're going to you know, rule over and judge and, and uh, watch this life. And the elder gods were like, cool, here's the thing. If we're doing the work, why are you the boss? Why do we need a boss? So they took these weapons called Kamidogu daggers and they hacked the one being up into a million pieces. Um, and each of those pieces became something called a realm, which is like a whole dimension. Like, so Earth realm is all of reality as we know it, like the entire universe, not just our planet. So like a whole dimension of reality. They made hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of realities out of uh, this one being juice and watched as life began to develop uh, in these various dimensions. In Earth realm, humans, dinosaurs, etc. started appearing. In uh, the realm of Vaternus, vampires popped up. In the realm of Zaterra, they had dinosaurs who became dinosaur people. Um, there was a realm called Edenia that was just a bunch of hot wizards um there's outworld which is like a bunch of monsters there's all sorts of realms P basically come up with anything and it's just like oh that's just from that's just from the dudes made a play-doh dimension um <laughs> anything at all can have its own realm in the world of mortal Kombat. Okay. so so uh I'm trying to think of like what else you really need to know i guess all you really need to understand is that life started emerging on these realms um, the elder gods kind of got into a tiff over it. One of the elder gods, this guy Shinnok, was like, "I want to rule over them with an iron fist, torture them, have fun, like fuck around with these with these people." And the other elder gods were like, "No, we're going to be passive observers. We're going to give them free will." And that turned into a big war. 
Shinnok got sent to the nether realm, which is like if hell was a dimension where he was watched over by the biblical Lucifer, like I said. <laughs> sure. Where did they get the name when they wrote the Bible? I don't know. That's There's just a lot of parallels where it's kind of suspect. It's interesting. I don't just, I just think it's interesting. Um, Definitely the Christian Bible, at least, was yeah. pulled directly oh, from sure. Mortal Kombat. Well, not Jews, the Torah. you're on notice. No, but... I mean, right. It's... <laughs> I'm not sure about like the Talmud, but definitely that Christian stuff with the what what are the they have their own guys who wrote parts of the Bible. They do, they kinda have their own guys. Just like James and Matthew and, and, and John and um Dana. Mike. Yeah. Phil. Mike. Past Pastor Mike, the book of Pastor Mike. I don't really know yeah. a lot about Christianity. There's like seven or eight different kinds and they all have like a guy that's in charge. Yeah, that's all right. Like that's all correct. Evangelicus and I don't know. Presby I don't know. There's, there's Presbyteria. Going on there. It seems complicated. It's, yeah. it's a lot. It's clearly pulled from Mortal Kombat. Catholicus. Yeah. Catholic. I assume these are a bunch of Roman people because it's Roman. You mean Roman Catholic? Is it's that, yeah, it's some, called Roman Christianity. Ro Roman Christian yeah. is. So, yeah, I'm yeah, assuming all that from goes Rome. back to like. The root of Romeo is back to like Shakespearean times. Right. Yeah. Including his other play, Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's a lot of very obvious parallels to a lot of his work that seems kind of, <laughs> I don't know. I would always say directly ripped. I don't want to be like libelous, but suspect. Convenient coincidences. So there's so much in common. Yeah. Uh, all that to say. Shinnok, boom, goes to the nether realm. The elder gods are like, finally, we can just watch life develop in these realms. But something unsuspected happened. The people living in these realms would, as they evolved and technology evolved, they would discover that there were other realms. And inevitably, they would start invading each other and trying to uh, merge the realms, which is when you like conquer another dimension and merge it with your own forcibly. Um, so the elder gods were like, this seems problematic. If all of those realms are the one being and the people that live in those realms have this like innate urge to conquer each other and like colonize, that is probably just because they're all part of the one being and the one being's trying to reassemble it, it themselves. Um, so they were like, we need to stop that from happening, but without taking away their free will, because that's the whole point of our experiment. So let's create a fighting tournament called the Mortal Kombat Tournament. And if one realm wants to conquer another realm, they can, but they have to win 10 fighting tournaments in a row against the other dimension. Um, and that was their workaround, which was entirely logical and um, made a lot of sense. And uh, from that point on, that is how the Mortal Kombat tournament um, came to be. People, and guys... Not people, guys, types of guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, different uh, types all of guys. Different types of guys. They they all have to fight each other. And yeah. and the guy who wins against a different guy, he becomes what does he become? Something. He well, so so the way that it kind of works practically is each realm has a god, which is not an elder god, a god. So like a sub, like the level below elder god. They like popped off all these little gods and sent one to each realm to kind of be the defender of that realm and like the coach who would assemble the team when it was time for a Mortal Kombat tournament. So the way it would work would be this guy Shao Kahn, 
was the god in charge of protecting Outworld. And he was like a bad dude. He was like, I don't want to just protect us from invasion. I want to invade. So he was like merging realms left and right, just constantly doing Mortal Kombat tournaments. He would challenge, hypothetically, Earthrealm to a Mortal Kombat tournament. And our god, who's named Raiden, um, would say, yeah, let me assemble. You don't like, you don't like the name Raiden? I, yeah, I'm making a face. I'm sorry. I have to challenge yeah. you there. I don't like that at all. That's not a real name. What about Raymond? It's Is it Raymond? Raymond? <laughs> Everybody loves Raiden. Um, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's R-A-I-D-E-N, depending on the game. First game was R-A-Y-D-E-N at the arcades. But um, uh, I feel like I'm probably, probably I, I'm wrong about that and someone's going to yell at me for it. But um. His name is Raiden. It's because he's the god of thunder and lightning, and uh, and that's like his all his his magic powers. He can shoot lightning and stuff. Um, oh. I don't know actually why his name has to be Raiden because of that, but it seems related. I feel like if I googled let, it, there'd be some kind of like origins of that, like a ray of of thunder. Yeah, which lightning. Goes dun. So Ray Dun. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. It check for me. That's enough. Etymology um, is my passion. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to crack this. I think it's that. I'm pretty sure it's that. I've studied ancient Greek and it's that. Yeah, it's it's Ray Dunn. Um, so, uh, so yeah, like Shao Kahn would have to say like, hey, Raiden, Outworld challenges Earthrealm to a Mortal Kombat tournament. And then Raiden would have to take stock of humanity and say like, if everyone alive right now, who is the likeliest people to like do well in a fighting tournament against like a centaur, a lizard person, a ghost ninja, and like a dragon man with four arms. Um, and then, and then that's like what would happen. There would be a fighting tournament. And if we lost 10 in a row, we would get merged with outworld. And if we won, then we'd be safe. That's scary stuff. Centaurs and what, what lizard people. That's, that's frightening. Oh Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of monsters, and actually the character we're talking about today is like wall-to-wall monsters. Um, not one of my favorite characters, but I do think he has a really interesting story. And I will say, as someone who's always been into Mortal Kombat because of the monsters, um, one of my favorite like worlds that he kind of inhabits, because it's just, we're in, we're in the realm of monsters, wall-to-wall, it's great. It's a good time today talking about Kotal Khan. That's the guy we're talking about, Kotal con but before i get into his life story every season of mortal podcast um i have a a prompt i like to ask my guests that is usually centered around uh, a theme for the season a a question that every character i'm talking about this season has to confront at some point in their narratives and so i I like to pose the same question to my guests so rax uh, i'd like to ask you if you could go back in time uh, and change anything in your life what would it be Anything in my life? Yeah. Because the obvious answer just in general is kill baby Hitler, but it sounds like you're kind of, that's not really plausible here. Uh, Um, I mean, I guess in your life you could have done, if the goal is kill baby Hitler, I feel like we could get there, right? Well, no, there's got to be someone good to kill from, from when I was born onwards. Who's, who's bad in the 90s? A bunch of people deserve to die in your lifetime for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Madoff? Um, no, not that's not bad enough. Seems like, like low hanging bad. fruit, right? 
Yeah. I, I don't like um, to go after a fellow Jew either. I feel like that's kind of rude. Fair. Um, fair. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, Manson was still alive, right? But he was in prison. Which, I don't know. There's oh, no one yeah, good to kill. Yeah, Charles. Um, yeah Char- sorry, Charles Manson. <laughs> Maybe Marilyn Manson. I don't know. He seems uh, kind of shitty. Uh, yeah, I can't think I of like, anyone bad like, enough to kill. Yeah, I guess do we have say like I had a, to kill someone. I mean, is there? I didn't. No, you you kind of filled it in <laughs> I that got, blank. I got um, on that. <laughs> <laughs> is there? I mean, is there like a linchpin guy that could be blamed for like our current? I feel like we have a lot of problems right now. They're all kind of colliding. Who stopped us from addressing like climate change sooner? George B- W. Bush. Bush, Bush Jr. would yeah. be a good one. Yeah, I yeah. as a baby would uh, kill the adult George W. Bush, and that's how I would change the course of my own life. Yeah. Well, how old were you when he was elected? Uh, I was 2000, 2000? so I was nine. You were nine? Yeah, uh, but we were like yeah, fighting see, mad have, about it. Yeah, you've got like a you got like a window of time in which you could have. And listen, I understand. I grew up in Florida, so like imagine being in Florida when that shit went down in a, oh in a very God. liberal pocket of Florida. Everyone was very angry. <laughs> yeah, and we were getting were yelled pissed. at on the news. Yeah. People get on Twitter now and they try and be like, you know, nobody knew that Bush was so bad until later. And I was no, everyone definitely knew. Like (laughs) everyone knew the whole time. (laughs) Come on, everyone also knew. Like you know, certainly he was not the the entirety of the problem. Um, Right. Honestly, taking him out might not do it. Right? Is he was he just the most electable guy? So taking him out would do it, or would it need to be like, like? who what, is, like who Carl Rove or Cheney? Right? Yeah, I think I think Rove probably, right? Kill Carl Rove. I don't really know what yeah. he looks like, so that would be difficult for me to do, especially as a toddler, uh, but I think that's what I want to do. Who played him in W? Um, who played him in that really, well, I don't need to talk about the quality of the film, but who played him in that movie <laughs> where Christian Bale played Dick Cheney? Um, Christian Bale uh, played Dick it? Cheney in any movie. I I never. Are it's you finding this Stone out now? <laughs> well, I don't watch stuff like that. That's for dads. You're that's a fair. dad, so you've that's seen true. it. I that's not. I was not a dad when it came out. It came out years ago. I was in my mid twenties. I was thriving. I was enjoying my youth. Um, I uh, it came they let out, you watch it even though you weren't a dad. It was called Vice, and it came out in like what two thousand. 15 maybe that's too recent to be making movies like that 16? that's a stupid 17? kind of movie I, to... I don't disagree this <laughs> i want to say steve business. carell played carl rove in that movie are you I fucking kidding me <laughs> i'm not <laughs> steve steve carell i love from that I'm the breaking office? the news to you right now this movie was nominated for like 12 oscars and honestly i am genuinely enjoying and feeling so refreshed that i talked to someone who didn't have to know that this movie existed at all <laughs> I in no way knew this movie existed. I I wasn't even like using heroin anymore because that's kind of my excuse for big pockets of pop culture. Right. Stuff that you make, and I can yeah. you know if if it's something I'm not interested in to this day, I can kind of play that for sympathy. You know, like I was on mm-hmm. dope when that came out, and then they never mention it again, and I'm free. But that's not true yeah. for this. I there's no reason I would not know about this. i don't want to be Am unfair i, like I don't dimension? remember exactly what year it came out so there it is it is possible that you were still doing dope when it came out but i I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't i don't remember i don't remember exactly 
when it came out. Uh, listen, you're not like missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't worried I was missing something. Yeah. <laughs> that um, does not sound like anything I'm missing. Honestly, I feel, I, feel, <laughs> <laughs> I feel guilt for exposing you to the, the fact that it exists at all. That you have to know and be, I assume, kind of annoyed that it exists as a movie. I mean, yeah, yeah now, because... It was an Adam McKay movie. It was his movie before, uh, I think, the one he made before the Meteor movie, before Don't Look Up, I think. Well, that one sucked, too. That one I do know about. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah. Ooh, that's <laughs> a lot personally of... A but you know right, it's great as Step Brothers. Step Brothers, great movie. Um, Correct, Adam McKay, yeah. Step Brothers is a great movie. Just think you about did it lose your way um, a little bit. You did lose your way just a little bit. <laughs> you started making movies with Christian Bale as as the guy. That's that's not for me. I, we part ways. The, I didn't even know All about the movies it. Where Christian Bale is objectively me. not the guy. The fighter. He was not the guy in that movie, and he did a good job in it. He was good. He's um, a good actor. I just don't need to see him play everybody. Oh, yeah. Certain people. Are you kidding me? Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, listen, you you kill Karl Rove, you figure out what he looks like, um, <laughs> the people of Florida appreciate your service. Uh, good answer, good answer. Um, and I just want to say, if you did want to kill baby Hitler, like I feel like you could have said, like, oh, I go back in time, I, uh, I, I bring my self-knowledge of 2022 science back to like the year 2000, and that allows me to advance to the point where I can build a time machine. Go back in time. Take him out. That's just like, it seems kind of uh, kind of gauche to not say you would kill baby Hitler in a question about, like, what would you change? That's Because yeah. if or you like say that, then you want baby Hitler to succeed. And I don't want yeah. that. You did, you, you, did, you did not say You did not say I would warn people about 9-11. <laughs> exactly. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Colonel Khan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Kotal Khan. So, uh, remember I told you there were many realms, right? So, mm. Kotal Khan comes from a realm called Ashtek, um, which you may notice sounds not unlike the English word. Well, this is not an English word. That was a stupid thing to say. Uh, the 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 word Aztec, um, which the English I, word. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> the Earth word is <laughs> what I meant to say. Right, right. Uh, doing good things. Um, okay, so Aztec, you may notice, sounds like the word Aztec, uh, a word that goes back to Aztec culture the aztec people and that is as you will soon learn not a coincidence but also not unlike my slip up calling it an english word um questionable uh generously so ashtek it is a realm where the people uh do look and behave culturally not unlike earth's aztec culture the difference being they're really big and they have blue skin and they can harness the power of the sun um otherwise not unlike the Aztec. They also have like, uh, you know, giant lizards and stuff they ride around on. But generally speaking, like culturally, you'd recognize them as Aztec-esque. Um, their leader, 
uh, at the time of Kotal Khan's story beginning was a man named Kotal Ketz. Uh, and Kotal Ketz was a pretty good leader for the Ashtek. He had this special object called a portal stone, uh, which could be used to walk between realms, which made it a very special object because generally you couldn't really go between the realms easily. It's not like something people know how to do often. So, so these people were kind of advanced. They had like a magical object that let them, you know, traverse realms. Um, but uh, early on in Kotal Khan's life, living as the son of Kotal Ketz, living as the boy prince of the Ashtek, uh, things took a dark turn um, because the realm was attacked and defeated by uh, Shao Khan and Outworld in 10 Mortal Kombat tournaments, meaning that their realm was going to be merged um, with Outworld, which obviously is not, you know, not good. Is it not good? Not, not like what people generally want to happen to their uh, dimension. Usually they're like, please don't merge my dimension with a different dimension. I live here and that's this is what I understand. Oh, right. People, okay. Uh, yeah. Guys live there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so they were defeated specifically by Shao Kahn, the god of Outworld's champion, uh, Goro who was a big guy with four arms and three little sausage fingers on each hand. He was a half-dragon guy from a, from a realm of half-dragon guys. Um, but Goro, very famous Mortal Kombat character, very dangerous man. He, he was the champion of this tournament. So like he rolled into this fighting tournament, obliterated various Ashtek people in this fighting tournament and soundly defeated them. So Kotal Ketz had no choice but to forfeit his realm to uh, Shao Kahn. In doing so, <clears throat> Kotal Ketz did something that uh, is very much looked down upon in Ashtek culture. He bowed down to Shao Kahn and Kotal Ketz said, uh, I will give you my realm peacefully, uh, but I ask you to do two things. One, please spare my people. Let my people live. Um, and two, let me keep this portal stone. It is a special object to us. If you do that, we will not put up a fight when you come to merge the realms. Because usually it would be like, this would be the point where you couldn't stop. The Elder Gods are not going to intervene. You can't stop Shao Kahn from merging the realms. But usually there'd wind up being some kind of a war, a last stand or something here where it's like, well, we'll fight to the last man. Kotal Ketz was like, we will lay down our arms. I will bow down to you. The, the, the Ashtek people will serve you from this point forward just please spare us and let us keep the portal stone yeah you're making a face where you're like i don't like that that seems bad um it's a bitch move is what i'm thinking i i keep making a face that's like the same face and every time it's because i don't like someone's name or the nature yeah. of the terrible bargain they have struck or, or anything in between there, really. Mm -hmm. All kinds of stuff. You're too. being judgmental is what's happening. I am being judgmental. Yeah, I'm sitting here <laughs> a judging a judging in my chair. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> you are the I guess the listeners don't see it, but you are sitting in a in an enormous chair that has the word judge carved into it. <laughs> Hand carved. And I gotta say, like it's intricate and it looks nice. It looks Germanic, maybe. It kind of looks How like this might have. <laughs> Germanic. 
Yeah, well, just like it might have been in like a, a dining hall or a drinking hall of some oh, kind sure. before some kind of like being great relocated hall. to your home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny like, that you say a, that. There's a, a furniture store near me that's like very obviously a front for something, but they have in the window the this incredible throne. <laughs> and I want to buy the throne so bad. I want to go in there and be like, look, we both know that this is a place for doing money laundering. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I will give you any amount of money and you will put that chair in my apartment. And that's what's going to happen now. Like every time I see this chair and now you're talking about a chair that greatly resembles the the throne of my dreams and i'm just sitting here judging and longing and yearning and hating it's, it's complicated it's complicated over here yeah i mean we all i get what you're saying what i'm hearing is we all want things you know and maybe kotal Ketz and bowing down to shao khan had something he wanted it wasn't just um cowardice it was uh you know trying to be a good leader that at least is what he said to Kotal Khan. Because Kotal, um, I should start calling him Kotal, because at this point his name was just Kotal. It was not Kotal Khan. We'll get to how he got the Khan part. But Kotal um, said to his dad, like, how could you do this? You're a coward. Like, we should fight. We can't just bow down to this guy. And Kotal Ketz said, uh, listen, I, you know, you might be right. Maybe you know better than I do. Maybe it's time for someone younger to take over. Maybe I've been the leader for too long. But uh, the only way to know is for you to complete a rite of passage. If you want to lead our people, you need to go through our people's rite of passage. The spirit walk is what he called it. Um, Appropriation, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they just had the same words for stuff. Um, He's like, (laughs) you have to go on a a spirit walk to learn how to be a leader. And then when you come back, if you pass this like test, then maybe it's time for you to lead our people and maybe you can make a different decision. But I'm the leader right now and the decision I'm making is for us to lay down our arms and bow down to this man to spare our people. And so Kotal said, fine, I'll do the test. Let's do the test right now. And Kotal Ketz showed then why he wanted to keep that portal stone so bad. He opened a portal to a realm called Earth Realm, and he sent a young Kotal through the portal. That's our realm. Yeah, that's where we live. Mm-hmm. I'm right there. Yeah, I, I probably say, by the way, you're gesturing. It. You can totally jump in. They can only hear you. They can't see your oh, hands. Right. Only I can. Because it's a podcast. <laughs> I forget that on my own podcast constantly. My co-host has to like <laughs> describe my gestures. Like the way that, that, you know, like alt text on an image so that blind people can see an image. She has to do that for people who aren't even blind. They just are listening to our audio yeah, podcast. They're just trying to do normal podcast listener stuff. I do feel like it's kind of <laughs> on you, podcast listener. Like if you really wanted to, you could see the faces I'm making and the points I am pointing and even the really big chair in my home. But no. Yeah, you should be able to for all of those things. Yeah, you should. When At the point where Rax was introduced as the guest, you should have paused the podcast yes. and started scanning her social media um, and then... In the process of doing that, you should have been able to glean enough information to kind of anticipate how she might resto- respond to certain aspects of uh, Kotal Khan's story, as well as how she may have decorated uh, her apartment. I don't so think that's too much to ask, though, is the thing. And it's kind of sounding like you don't expect them to do it. So I don't know, maybe try and attract a higher caliber of podcast listener. But that's not my business. <laughs> that's your business. That's 
anyway, we do live in the Earth realm is the point I was making with my incredible yeah. gesturings. It was. It was animated. Um, as someone who works uh, often in animation, I would say like that stood up to some of the best uh, animated expressing that I've seen um, on a computer or in real life. So thank you. I, I I agree, and I also think that's something that that the listeners should have been able to infer that you are particularly good at at, at gesturing. Yeah, um, I don't really talk much for someone who does podcasting kind of full time. <laughs> I actually I gesture. We need and more I of face. that. I think yeah. more silent think, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, comedy figured it out that they needed more you know silent guys to make the loud guys funnier. I think podcasting needs needs more quiet guys. <laughs> To like make a the straight loud guys man. more, yeah. Like there this should be the podcasts where the host is just silent. Vaudeville routine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like which one of Abbott and Costello? One of those guys was the the straight man. Uh, Costello was the was the. Wait, I should know this because I grew up watching a lot of Abbott and Costello. The, the I'm kind of surprised there's that... a Jewish man in the world who doesn't like immediately have a response ready for me. <laughs> Well, the, the the tricky thing about it is that they had character names in all their movies. They weren't called Abbott and Costello oh, right. in any of like, their movies. So I'm like, which one was Chick? <clears throat> which is what he got called in, in uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That's what I was um, thinking. Like, aren't their movies all called stuff like that, which it's where it's their real names? They didn't really figure out how to write a movie for a while, did they? Uh, they like, forgot a lot of important things. They did. They did. I, I'll also say, like, a lot of the times while recording this podcast, um, I just I get asked something where I'm like, I definitely know the answer, right? But I start questioning myself because I'm like, well, now I'm being recorded, right? Um, Everything I say, my own will volition, be used against but, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm very certain that Abbott was the the straight man, and Costello was the the big funny guy. That makes sense, actually. You want an Italian guy delivering your jokes. Yeah, I think so. I want an Italian guy delivering my jokes, my pizzas. Um, what else? What else have they got? And the news. I just strongly believe that all newscasters <laughs> should be Italian. <laughs> I would love an Italian news network, INN. That'd be tight. It's just CNN, but really loud. Wow, this is edging into unfair territory. Although, did the internet at large decide that you can't be, uh, how to phrase this? It's okay to make fun of Italian people, right? Is that what the internet decided when? Funny, when you Italian mentioned Elon that. Musk and Italian voice popped up on social media. I got very in trouble for it in the funniest way. I tweeted something about uh, <clears throat> House of Gucci, you know, where all the American and British actors, each one of them chooses a different racist Italian accent. And I tweeted yeah. something about how funny Gaga's Italian accent was. And some chick quote tweeted me to be like, I am so sick of white people being racist against Italians. And I'm just like, mm, wait, I... But do i tell her like do i explain no just just mute and move on but i have gotten in trouble for anti-italianism and it has not stopped me in the least i feel like they can do it to us we can do it to them kind of thing you know 
right that it's how like how Al Pacino plays have a, Jews have like in the a movies. covenant yeah, yeah kind of I I mean I I also feel that way and I hope I'm not wrong I did grow up in a place that was primarily Italian or Jewish um and it felt like that was true I also much of my family is Italian Jewish so uh it feels true to me, and I'm sure I will hear from someone that it's not. <laughs> someone is always believe, available I to believe tell you we that you're have wrong. a sacred covenant where we can uh, have fun with one another in such a way. But uh, I don't know. World War II is locked on the chat. <laughs> there's a moment in The Godfather 2 where uh, this non-Italian guy says in a congressional hearing, some of my best friends are Italian-American, and I obviously... Mm-hmm screenshotted that with the subtitles on for moments just like this one so that uh you know if if i'm in this twitter fight rather than on a podcast with a sympathizer of my view i can deploy it rapidly and uh carelessly which is kind of how i like to have my twitter fights (laughs) yell at me not ben Uh, ben is (laughs) ben is normal uh i wouldn't go so far as to call me normal um but uh, listen, all this to say <laughs> that that Kotal, that Kotal, uh thought his dad is a coward and got sent through a portal stone to Earthrealm, where we live, and also where uh, Italy is. Um, so, <laughs> so Kotal, uh is now suddenly in a brave new world he's never been in before, Italy. Um, and Kotal being a big blue guy is just traipsing through. It's not super clear at this point, though it will be soon, when, uh, exactly, um, we are, but he's, he's trekking through, uh, hot deserts where he's like, this is much hotter than the deserts of Ashtek. He's trekking through, uh, freezing mountains. He's like, brr, these mountains are so much colder than the mountains of Ashtek. Um, and then he experiencing gets experiencing a lot of weather a, events. It sounds like he is, um, and he's hot and he's cold. And then he gets to a jungle and he's like, "This feels better. This feels more like my vibe." Um, and uh, as he as he treks through a a more humid and foresty uh, environment, he gets to a, an enormous city. This is the first place where he's seen people, and it is naturally an Aztec city. Um, we don't know which one. We just know that, that there are Aztec people living in this, in this city. So, uh, in walks Kotal and immediately people are like, oh God, oh fuck, what's happening? Cause there's like a seven and a half foot tall blue man, um, walking around, but, um, there are coincidental similarities between, uh, how they dress themselves. And so it's kind of like, is this friend? Is this foe? Um, and then shortly after Kotal appears and they're like, we don't know what to make of this guy. Do we attack him? The city itself gets attacked um, by another uh, group of warriors. And um, Kotal snaps into action, uh, fights these attackers, and basically slaughters like an entire army of human beings. <laughs> oh, boy. And, yeah, and and the... Aztec people in this city uh, suddenly go from being terrified of him to worshiping him because they're like, this must be, you know, he kind of 
looks like us. He's he's dressed like us. He also doesn't look like us. He looks more like a god. Um, so maybe we should start worshiping this person who just saved us from an attack. Uh, Are we like rooting is... for him at this point? I mean, he did just murder a lot of our guys, but yeah, our guys think... like humans. I, you know, I'm on the fence at all times about Kotal because on the one hand, it's like, well, he defended this city of people he'd never met before. And he is on the spirit walk with the intention of learning how to be a leader. So one could infer that in that moment, his instinct was like, well, I stumbled into this random city. I'm going to lead them. (laughs) I'm just going to kill these people. On the other hand, like, it's not not like colonial <laughs> he just it's wandered kinda, into this random kind of rude right like just assuming they can't handle their own murders and whatnot yeah i don't know and i guess i'm on the fence it, too yeah you're probably gonna teeter over that fence because the next thing he does is he just starts ripping open the chests of these people that he murdered okay and well eating eating wait, their I've hearts heard of this. i've heard of this i feel like a a a bit is trying to make its way through my stone subconscious to the surface from when I watched the live action movie. I remember that move. This was, this was not specifically. So there's, I got to say mortal Kombat. A lot of people rip hearts and other body parts out of each other. So oh. there's not any specific codal content in the movie that you watched. He showed up later in the narrative. Um, um, so I watched some other guy yeah. rip. You watched open. Some, Yeah. Yeah, which like is very like it's not unlikely for that to happen in any iteration of Mortal Kombat with any characters. Um, but for Kotal and the Ashtek people, uh, eating the hearts of your enemies was like culturally something that they did. So he now introduced that to the Aztec people, which again, kind of dicey. Um, the different research has shown that, that this is not what Aztec people did. <laughs> They did not that's eat like, their enemies. That's just Mel Gibson's um, Apocalypto, right? Like that's yeah. Fr- from this stage, they're kind of just hitting the Apocalypto the, playbook. They're hitting the beats. They're hitting the Apocalypto beats, which have been disputed by historians. Um, yeah. But uh, regardless, uh, he introduces them. So in the narrative of Mortal Kombat, they did not naturally do that. He introduced right. them to this. So he's like, come on, everybody. Let's eat some hearts. So, so in the narrative of Mortal Kombat, Kotal Khan is directly responsible for Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. Yeah. That makes sense. No further questions. Mm-hmm. He's the reason that that one lady from uh, Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal was able to defend Mel Gibson as a great director by saying that he directed her favorite film. Apocalypto. Apocalypto. That's for people who are yeah. caught up on the rehearsal specifically. Yeah, spoiler alert, there's a lady in it who loves her she some Apocalypto. Apocalypto. Yeah. Um Okay. Moving on. Moving uh, on from all of that. So Kotal's like, come on, everyone, eat up. And they're like, I guess he's God now, so let's do it. And they all start eating hearts. Um for a while, possibly years. Kotal leads this city of Aztec warriors and conquers many other cities. He leads them and turns them into great warriors. They just go city to city, killing other people, eating their hearts, living it up. And Kotal's like, I'm doing it. I am a great leader. This is what leadership is. 
and he gets to a point where they've run out of enemies to defeat in their immediate geographical area. And so Kotal says, all right, everyone, I'm going home to lead the Ashtek people. My time has come. I'm going to go back through the portal. He goes back through the portal to Outworld, which is now where his people live because Ashtek, the realm, has been merged with Outworld. And he finds his dad, Kotal Ketz, and he finds the Ashtek people and he goes up to his dad and he's like, dad, dad, I did it. I led these people. I taught them to eat hearts. We conquered all these realms. And his dad is like, he's like, I'm a great, I'm a great leader now. And his dad's like, are you? And Kotal's like, um, I mean, like, if you ask it like that, I feel like you're about to reveal that I'm not. Um, why? And so, uh, Kotal Ketz opens a portal and shows that Aztec city again and everyone is dying of disease from consuming human blood and eating human hearts. That's um, not what happened to the Aztecs. No, That's it's not. not. This is correct. <laughs> this is this is an alt history. This is not our reality. This is uh, this is a, you know separate reality from our own. Um, this is historical fiction. Yeah, I know that this is not our reality because canonically in Mortal Kombat, per the 11th Mortal Kombat game, the Terminator, uh, who is available as downloadable content, uh, murders Ben Meckler, me, because if you play as the Terminator in Mortal Kombat 11, you see on his list of people that he's targeted while looking for John Connor, Ben Meckler is one of the people he's killed. And I, Ben Meckler, am currently alive. So unless within my lifetime, the Terminator will exist and go back in time to kill me, um, we are not living in the same reality as as Mortal Kombat. But I guess... Why is your name on there? (laughs) Oh, because some friendly Mortal Kombat developers uh, included me. Oh, that's I. I was thinking like it was just a coincidence name. Like it's they just kind of made up a name, and it was your name. <laughs> they happened it just to happened take to be like ben uh, the yeah. They happened to take the the um, you know uh, the last the first name Ben and the Israeli sure. last name Meckler and slap them together <laughs> and just pop it into that game to see what would happen, and and it worked out. I've only actually, I guess I've only met one other Ben Meckler, and he lives in Australia. And he said, as far as he knows, he doesn't have any Israeli family, which seems unlikely because my family post-Holocaust split up to either Israel or Australia. So, like, we have to be related, but he, he denies it. But he's the only other Ben Meckler I've ever met. So I like that you say uh, he denies it like it's a been... shameful thing to be related he to you. He refuses to accept <laughs> that we that are relatives. <laughs> <laughs> He even lives in the city they all moved to. I just like it feels very likely that we are related, uh, but he doesn't think so. I've met an Australian Meckler. I wonder if that was a relation of that really? guy's, but not of yours, or maybe also of yours. And that guy was lying. What a I tangled have, web we weave. I got to ask you more questions about that later because that's really interesting. I've never met anyone who's met an Australian Meckler. The only Australian Meckler yeah, yeah. I know, I'm the only one who knows them because of you know why would. I know other people who know my family very on the other side of the planet. Now I have to know how you, another person in my life, could possibly. That's very interesting. We'll we'll talk about that later. 
It's it's a connection that I think is going to make you even more certain that the other guy was related to you because there's it's it's like by way of Israel that uh that I'm connected to this person. This this can't be you much fun for the people listening mine, to this. Wild. I don't yeah, know. Maybe I might. it is. Maybe they're curious to know more about my. my <laughs> they're like, I want to hear more about genealogy. the Meckler genealogy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Maybe the Terminator killed cousin. that Ben Meckler. It's not necessarily me. That's so maybe so that's true. the twist. Yeah, I should warn him. <laughs> you probably should warn actually, him, though. I actually don't think I've told him that his name is in Mortal Kombat 11. He'd probably be hyped about that. I should let him know. Um, okay, moving on. Everyone's dead <laughs> in the Aztec City. <laughs> Kotal Khan turns out bad leader. Didn't think about their different biology from him. Eating human hearts, not good for them. How the They're fuck all was he dead. supposed to know that? What kinds of questions I even mean, do like, you ask a bunch of strangers? Hey, are you able to eat human blood? And then they're like, no. And you go from there. That's not that's not fair. A critique to make, I think. I think you're right. I think that's fair. I wouldn't assume that someone can't eat the same stuff as me until they told me. I guess now I'm a little more sensitive to like allergies. Um, yeah, you ask. And just making sure like, yeah, can you eat? Anytime I serve anyone food, I list everything I put in it and say, can you eat? olive oil can you eat water can you eat uh <laughs> flour <laughs> um but uh uh yeah can you eat anthrax so i think i think you know not unfair i don't know i generally i feel like you know bummer that he got everyone he, he like ruled over killed um and also maybe the maybe the lesson was don't do colonization don't like roll into a place and say like i'm in charge that's yes, a good point as a god yeah because yeah. you're gonna bring all these weird habits to the table like eating Something human blood wrong. yeah yeah okay yeah don't don't roll into another culture and say like do what i do now right Which is in my opinion a, probably a fair lesson to, to teach <laughs> so mortal Kombat is famously uh, anti-colonialism anti-imperialism i've heard that time and time again Honestly, uh, it is as of the most recent game, <laughs> like explicitly. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it gets pretty. It gets pretty leftist, like <laughs> the most recent stuff. Do they do uh, communism? Mortal communism? Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind <Tight>. of. <laughs> I mean, not you know they could absolutely go harder, but it's it moves in that direction yeah the workers do revolt <laughs> so hell yeah it moves it moves in that direction in a with a light touch i should say with a light touch but the intentions are uh present i'm not gonna say that the creators of mortal kombat are not capitalists but could be moving on Kotal uh, has gotten everyone killed. He's really sad about it. It's a big turning point in his life. Uh, and he feels like he failed. He's like, I guess I did not learn how to lead. Um, I need to look inside myself. I'm not going to go take that test again right now. Instead, what I'm going to do is um, join Shao Kahn's army and uh, see what my dad had in, in my, like what was the path he foresaw uh, for us, I'm going to just join Shao Kahn's army, start from the bottom, be a foot soldier. Objectively, not a good dude. Objectively, he's doing colonialism, so I don't... Yeah. 
he's conquering realms and subjugating them. But, uh, you know, I'm going to fight, fight for him and see what happens. And so in the process of working his way up through the ladder of uh, Shao Kahn's military, he uh, has many adventures. He, he rescues um, different people from, from different outworld uh, wars uh, who kind of become allies of his um, throughout. He fights with this guy, uh, General Raiko, uh, Reiko, who will uh, come come up again later, he uh, spared a dinosaur guy named Reptile when he was ordered to execute him. They didn't um, try very hard on that one. No, I mean, honestly, like, the story is uh, really just that, like, while he was being sent around to murder and subjugate, Kotal's nature was that he started to instead uh, spare people here, rescue people from from bullies like there and, and start to make like allies who saw him as like, uh, despite being a general for a warlord, a uh, could be a friend, could could have a good heart um, to the extent that uh, once he'd become a general, Kotal actually fell in love. He met a, a woman named Jade. Mm-hmm. who was uh, an Edenian. She was from a realm called Edenia that had long before even Ashtek was conquered, been conquered by Outworld. So she'd kind of been raised from like childhood um, to be one of Shao Kahn's like disciples. Um, but not unlike Kotal, she had like a good heart and was always looking to escape and always looking for a way out um, and didn't think like Shao Kahn was a good guy. She just wasn't like on board with what he was doing. So she and Kotal uh, had an affair. They fell in love. It was very passionate, but they kept it secret because Shao Kahn was kind of always watching over his generals and didn't really want them to have like lives of their own. He just wanted them to, to serve him. Um, once Shao Kahn learned that Kotal was uh, hooking up with Jade, his like child soldier, uh, now an adult, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> and, that was my next uh, question. And that Kotal, yeah, I figured um, that Kotal was was disobeying orders and sparing people instead, and that people were starting to like murmur about like, oh, that Kotal Khan, he's like a good guy. Uh, Shao Kahn grew suspicious of him and was like, was this motherfucker trying to overthrow me? I'm going to have him banished to uh, the Flesh Pits, which is Ew. the laboratory. Yeah, it sounds like a bad place, huh? That, I don't want to go to a Flesh Pit. Never. No. Send me there. No, sir. It's uh it's kind of like a laboratory where his like equivalent of Nazi scientists are doing experiments to create super soldiers. Um, but because he lives in like a fantasy realm, um, it's where his sorcerer is doing like hybrid science magic experiments with souls. And so he sends shout he sends Kotal down there and says to his sorcerer. I want you to make me like basically a, a this guy who can be like a zombie slave for me. Make me an Ashtek uh, whose mind I can control. And his warrior or his, his sorcerer is like, yeah, no problem. I'll get right on it. Um, but Shao Kahn being a backstabby kind of guy uh, shortly after that comes down to the flesh pits and actually sucks out Shang Tsung's soul. Shang Tsung being the sorcerer. Uh, he takes the sorcerer's soul and then he puts it into the body of uh, his dead uh, wife, Shao Kahn's dead wife, uh, Sindel. Um, and Queen Sindel uh, is now resurrected 
and Shao Kahn and Queen Sindel go off to rule uh, the kingdom together. And uh, all this long walk to water to say that uh, Kotal is able to leave the flesh pits because the sorcerer who was ruling the, the flesh pits uh, is no longer there. Well, you dead. just said flesh pits a number of times. Yeah. Flesh okay. Thank you. Pits. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like shit. <laughs> Sounds like it's not like shit. a nice place to be. I can tell just um, from. I mean, the names are very vivid generally, except for just reptile. That one's mm-hmm. that one could be better, but it's flesh pit on the nose. Yeah, but flesh pit really yeah. redeems that whole reptile dysfunction. The vibe. For me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. divide, the reptile divide. <laughs> uh, I should also clarify here, just because it's it's a bit that'll come up again. So, as far as like the royal family of Shao Kahn goes, he just resurrected his wife Sindel. She was the queen of that realm, Adenia, that he had conquered a long time ago. Um, that's where Jade is from, Kotal's girlfriend. That is also where her daughter, Princess Kitana is from so Kotal, so so Shao Kahn a long time ago had conquered this realm taken Sindel as his bride um adopted Kitana as his daughter and forced her to become like a child soldier and her best friend Jade as well to become like a child soldier and like an assassin so this is now uh years later um and he has resurrected Sindel who had died many years earlier so Shao Kahn now has his wife back he also now still has Jade in his royal court. He still has Kitana in his royal court. But Kitana and Jade uh, have tried to revolt against him. And that is why he brought Sindel back from the dead to like fuck with them. And uh, after bringing Sindel back from the dead, Shao Kahn, this is something Kotal learns as soon as he leaves the flesh pit. He's like, I'm going to go find Jade. And when he goes to find Jade after leaving you know, the, the flesh pits. Um, he learns we're done. Flesh pits are over. He learns that Jade, uh, Jade has unfortunately been killed by Sindel. Yeah. Sindel has also murdered her her own daughter, Kitana. um, Oh my God. In order to serve, in order to serve Shao Kahn. Um, mm -hmm. and so Kotal is like, this is so fucked up. Um, this is the last straw. I have to figure out a way to get Outworld under control. Just serving Shao Kahn won't do it. I think that over the years, um, I have kind of learned how to be a better leader. I've learned that sometimes it's better to spare someone. It's better to, to show mercy. It's better to love, uh, than to, uh, fight. And, um, I think I've now learned how to be a good leader. I think Shao Kahn needs to be stopped, but luckily, for Kotal Khan, pretty much moments after making this decision, Shao Kahn is killed himself um, because he tries to just invade Earthrealm in like a hostile takeover because he can't beat them in a Mortal Kombat tournament. It just won't work. Right, um, we're too powerful. So, yeah, we have too many great warriors like you know, Steven Seagal, um, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, um, <laughs> No, in Mortal Kombat, we have lots of cool people. One of them is a movie star that's like directly based on Jean Claude Van Damme. But we also have like uh, martial artists and uh, cops. Yeah. Um, so famously so, uh, combative. 
Yeah, famously ready to storm into a, a like fight situation if someone if someone in need is in danger. Yeah, or someone not in need <laughs> um, and not in danger. Yeah, famously ready to just like you know club people. So uh, yeah. so Shao Kahn is defeated on a technicality because um, he's like fuck the Mortal Kombat tournament and the Elder Gods are like you fucked around you found out you're dead now. Um, and so Outworld is suddenly without a leader. Um, this realm made up of like many, many different like races who have over time had their realms like conquered and merged with Outworld and are living in this melting pot under the rule of like a despot. There's suddenly no leader, but everyone's still like stuck together in Outworld. And uh, Kotal Khan thinks now's my time to shine. But instead, Shao Kahn's daughter, Melina, a genetic experiment that he had, sorry, I lied, created in the flesh pits uh, the as fuck? like a genetic, <laughs> <laughs> as a genetic hybrid of Kitana, his kidnapped daughter who revolted against him. Um, and like, he basically had her DNA spliced with the DNA of this unhinged warrior uh, race called the Tarkatans. And it made this like feral Kitana where she's like, she's a hot, you know, princess warrior. Um, who wears a mask because when she takes the mask off, she has enormous horrifying fangs underneath from her Tarkatan DNA. Um, you get it? You get it. You yeah, get the fangs. I know, She's a hot I know about different fangs. kinds of teeth. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she, uh, uh, she steps up and is like, no, I actually get to be the ruler of Outworld now because my dad was the ruler and now I'm the ruler and I'm his, his true daughter because he had me made in a test tube. And everyone's like, true, that's fair. Um, I think this is just so the plot of Succession. It's not not like Succession. This is kind of like Monster Succession, which Monster I am succession. curious to see, to see like how, you know, they. I mean, listen, the creators of Mortal Kombat have not chosen to like press charges, but I do think it's like kind of <laughs> fucked that Succession just took the just, story of, of Mortal Kombat and specifically Melina and Kotal Khan and just ran with it. Um, yeah, and change the names to stupid shit like Shiv. Yeah, and it's weird that like Warner Brothers, who owns both properties, didn't do so. I mean, maybe that makes it. That's why they were able to use it. I don't know. The good maybe people at Warner Brothers deserve to make money twice off the story of Mortal Kombat, even when it's also the story of Succession. I I don't have any problem with that part. I think that those executives really need. Yeah. Both of that money. I guess when you put it that way, it makes sense. It really makes perfect sense. I don't know why I said anything. I'm so sorry. That was terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible implication I made. <laughs> Dude, they're coming to come after you. Warner Brothers Discovery. They're yeah, and they Italian people. make a $90 million movie and chuck it in the garbage. I Italian just, people might yeah. come after you over this podcast. That's true. Um, if there's I like an Italian Warner Brothers executive, that guy is going to just annex my home and there's nothing I can do about it. There almost definitely is at least one. I don't know how many Everyone knows that Italians control are. the movie industry. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's just one of those fun things where I'm playing off the joke that Jews control the entertainment industry and right. the Italians, about Italians, the Italians say about us. It's, our, it's part of our unholy covenant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, 
so Melina has taken over Outworld. She says, I'm in charge now. My dad said I could have Outworld. Um, and that's a problem because she's a fucking lunatic and immediately Outworld is in, is in hell. It's somehow even worse than when Shao Kahn was in control. She's a maniac. She's just ruining everyone's lives. She's killing people just for fun. You know, someone will come to her and say, you know, Melina Khan, which by the way, Khan is the title they give to their leaders. That's why he was called Shao Kahn. They're like, Melina Khan, my people are starving. My children can't eat. And she's like, oh, I'll help you out. Just kidding. I'm going to bite your neck for no reason. You're bleeding out. (laughs) This is fun for me. She's a wild card. Um, She's like, you know, early internet. Yeah, she's like early internet when people were like random and they were like, LOL, narwhal, bacon. She's like that, but with, you know, killing. Yeah, um, that's not a, I don't like that. That's not a way to be. That The other, even no. just the early internet version was already annoying. Yeah. Now it's like, not only are you annoying, but like ethically speaking, it's probably not good to kill people for no reason. Um, and the jury's out. So, uh, <laughs> so, so it's, you know, it's bad news bears. Somehow Outworld's gone from bad to worse. Kotal had already kind of been thinking about how he should be in charge. So he gathers all these people that he'd kind of made allies of over the years. He gathers Reptile, who famously he'd spared. Um, He gathers uh, just lots of people that he'd been kind to over the years as a general for Shao Kahn. Um, this, uh, This cowboy guy named Aaron Black, a ninja made out of thousands of souls called Ermac, um a bug lady named devora she's like made out of bugs but also she is a bug um devora's pretty important she'll come up again um he gathers them all together and says let's do a military coup and they're like okay cool we agree that you should be in charge and they do it they do a military coup melina is deposed she's driven to the outskirts and kotal finally becomes kotal khan he is now the king the emperor of Outworld. And uh pretty much immediately a civil war erupts. <laughs> oh, I thought it was gonna be like the end happily ever after kind of deal. No, we got civil there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So uh Melina isn't ready to give up the throne. She gathers her own allies. She gathers the Tarkatans, those people with giant teeth that she's got some of the DNA of. Um, and she has them be part of her army. She gathers Goro, that guy with four arms who defeated uh, Ashtek way back when. She gathers General Reiko, someone who I had mentioned earlier had fought alongside Kotal Khan when they, or sorry, Kotal when they were serving Shao Khan. Um, so Kotal Khan, now that he's the ruler of Outworld, is like, how do I stop um, my military coup from getting military coup? And so he reaches out to Earthrealm. And he's like, hey, Earthrealm, listen, um, I know that historically Outworld and Earthrealm have not been friends. I would like to be a part of changing that um, for, for, the good, for good. I, my realm needs some help. I'm in the middle of a civil war. Uh, Melina's trying to take over, and that obviously wouldn't be good for you because she definitely will try to conquer various realms. So do you guys want to help me out with my civil war? Uh, Earthrealm says, yes funny you should come talk to us now we're actually also in a war that guy shinnok uh the elder god who had tried to take over the realm as many years ago he escaped from the nether realm he's trying to take over earth realm could outworld help us with our war 
Kotal Khan says, sure. He sends part of Outworld's army into Earthrealm. He helps them defeat Shinnok and the Netherrealm. They lock Shinnok up in an amulet. Earthrealm is like, thanks, we'll hold on to this amulet and make sure he doesn't get out again. Kotal Khan's like, awesome. Could you guys uh, help us out with the Civil War in Outworld? And Earthrealm says, yeah, just give us like a minute. We'll help you out in a while. We're just recovering from this war right now. And then Kotal Khan's like, kind of thought you'd help us now, but okay. Did they just like forget that he he got a bunch of their guys killed with his eating of oh, uh, Aztec parts culture? And... Yeah, 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 Aztec culture. I think history has forgotten his role in that and has kind of like written him off as like, yeah, one of the many. I think in the world of Mortal Kombat, they're like the Aztecs. They famously ate the hearts of their enemies and they worshipped a god named Coatal. And he, you know, we've basically, as we historically do, misread history and made it uh, what people think is real. Well, that's useful so for I him. They've written it off. Yeah, I think. I think also he specifically shows up to the U.S. military because <laughs> the U.S. military was weirdly involved in the war against Outworld, and they now have an entire department called U.S. Special Forces that polices our relations with other realms. Um, and they're led by this woman named Sonia Blade. And so he specifically goes to her and is like, hey, I know U.S. Special Forces has been dealing with Outworld in the past. Will you help us out? And they're like, yeah, after the Netherrealm War. And then he's like, cool, I helped you with the realm with, with the Netherrealm War. Will you help me now? And they're like, uh, yeah, we will. Just give us, like, well, we just let us recover. Let us lick our chops, you know, from this Netherrealm War. And he's like, Okay, seems weird that you're not just like jumping in, but I gave you my army and I was in a civil war, but okay, fine. So uh Civil War rages on. Uh Kotal's just continuing to like try to keep tabs on Melina and what her forces are doing. Um he eventually learns that they've teamed up, Melina's forces have teamed up with this group called the Red Dragon, who are like this shadowy Illuminati, like interdimensional. They they exist within all the realms, like they're just this weird group with like great resources uh they're kind of like um the coke the coke foundation the coke brothers you know they're just kind of like in everything the heritage foundation is that their thing i don't know oh uh, uh i i, I do know a conservative group that like right. just kind of invest in everything but also for some reason like sells uh you know artifacts you know, buys like artifacts from isis and like sells them through hobby lobby and like <laughs> you know those they're like that so yeah, uh got it so they go, uh, Kotal goes to U.S. Special Forces and says like, hey, I know you guys said you'd help me out. Um, still waiting on that. Just wanted to let you know the Red Dragon is now working with Molina's forces. And that's, listen, this is getting bad for all of us. Maybe it's time to, and Sonya Blade basically is just like, fuck off. Just fuck off. We're not helping Why? out. Go away. That's uh, not Because Earth fair. is like, yeah, they're like not nice and separatist. And like nationalist, well, whatever the realm version of nationalist is at this point in history, they're just like very skeptical of other realms because um, I'll also listen, I'll give Sonia only this benefit of the doubt. Um, Outworld killed pretty much every single significant warrior in Earthrealm except for like her and one other guy, American movie star Johnny Cage. Um, <laughs> Everyone else is dead. Not every person in Earthrealm, but like every, all of the warriors that we sent 
to go fight in without world is like a corpse. So she has reason to not want to help Outworld, but this is not it's pretty short-sighted to not like help them when they're helping us. And not nice. Yeah, it's just bad it's just bad manners, really. It's uh the only way to give her the benefit of the doubt is to say it's a trauma response. But it's strategically <laughs> and ethically it makes no sense. <laughs> So uh, Kotal, obviously, Kotalkan's pissed off. Um, he says, I'm going to fucking force you to help me. He's like ready to fight. He's ready to throw hands. Um, but Raiden, who, I, as I mentioned earlier, is, is Earth's god, he shows up and just like chases Kotalkan and his his forces back to Outworld. And is like, we're not helping you. Fuck off. <clears throat> so Kotalkan returns to Outworld and is like, I guess we're on our own. Uh, he then learns... Uh, some intel that's going to at least help him even the scales in his war with Melina. He learns that Goro, uh, again, one of Melina's top dudes, four-armed half-dragon man. He is the warrior that had defeated Ashtek many years ago. He learns that Goro is out in a place called the Golden Desert hiding out. And so Kotal is like, great, we can launch a sneak attack. Um, he says to his dad, Kotal Ketz, who's still around at this point, it's kind of like a general for his son, uh, hey, take this big... No, he never died. He's still around. No, he's just like hanging out. Um, give okay. it a second, though. He will, he will be. Oh, oh. Got <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He he hands this big war hammer that used to belong to Shao Kahn and has been like Kotal Kahn's weapon. He hands it to his dad, Kotal Ketz, and says, go to the Golden Desert, take some soldiers with you, find Goro, and uh, kill him with this. And then that's going to like... Melina's... We're going to take out her generals one by one. That's how we're going to do this. So uh, Kotal Ketz heads out that way, and Goro uh, gets the hammer and smashes uh, Kotal Ketz's head off like a Gallagher watermelon. Just like sp- splooshes it. It's really gross. Splooshes it. Show you. That's. Yeah. Uh... It's like a crack, crack sploosh kind of sound. His whole head just turns into like paste. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of occasions. Uh, throughout this anecdote mm-hmm. where I just think someone's being very rude. Like I, I don't, I don't have a good feeling about people's just sense of like manners and etiquette and, yeah. uh, and boundaries. Boundaries yeah. are a problem in this universe, this cinematic Outworld, universe. Yeah. Outworld and like Mortal Kombat in general is definitely a world of rude boys. And I don't mean that in like the fun ska sense. I mean, right. Just, just boys who are just rude. boys who who are rude, yeah, who are rude to people that are that aren't even rude to them, all the time. Sometimes like smashing it is, like, heads um, and, and grabbing yeah. chests open and whatnot—that's just not polite. It's not. It's not. I'd prefer if no one did that to anyone ever. Certainly not to me. And I don't think that if someone did do that to me, I would even like try to return the favor. I think I would just be like, "Hey, yeah." Stop. <laughs> Stop. Don't. Ow. I'm opening my chest cavity to eat my heart. So leave um, it. Leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, so Kotal obviously is extremely upset that his dad's head got uh, splooshed. And uh, he sees that he needs to take drastic measures if he wants to end the civil war and like really be able to rule Outworld. So he turns to blood magic 
which is something that in the world of Mortal Kombat is very ancient and very dangerous. Everyone knows that. It's like the most dangerous kind of magic you could do. You're, uh, you're playing with forces you don't fully understand. In order to do blood magic, he takes a Kamidogu dagger, which I mentioned, uh, I don't know, like an hour ago when we were talking about... <laughs> I remember. That's the bitch of it. Yeah. I don't know what any of these things are, and I still remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's one of the weapons used to create the realms in the first place. These daggers have been existing in the realms as, like, objects, and they let you use blood magic. They're very dangerous. And uh, each realm kind of has, historically, one that it's in charge of protecting um, to make sure that, you know, the, the realms don't collapse. And so... Uh, Kotal takes it and slices himself with it, which lets him use blood magic, basically enhances his abilities. And then he hops on a dinosaur, um, which is, I didn't mention this earlier, but people ride like dinosaurs around, like their horses in Outworld. It's pretty That's cool. tight as fuck. Uh, yeah, it rules. You should have told <laughs> me about that dinosaur. this whole time. Yeah, I'm sorry. They all ride big dinosaurs and lizards and shit. Um, it's cool. cool. He hops on a dinosaur. He rides into the golden desert. He goes to where he knows his dad died. And he finds, like, Melina's hideout where Goro and a few other people are hiding out. And with his, uh, like, hyped-up magic, he just fucking starts murdering people left and right. He slays, like, half of Melina's army on his own. Um, he melts. There's this demigod named Rain who's like, I'm gonna stop you and your son magic, Kotal Khan. Storm power! He, like, makes it rain. And Kotal Khan straight up is like Sunbeam and melts uh, all of the skin off of Rain's body. And then he slices all four of Goro's arms off and leaves him. And he says, die in shame and obscurity, you dad killing piece of shit. And uh, he says that. Wow. Because that kind of sounds like something you would say. Yeah. No, it's him. He says it. He says. "Okay, cool. He says, die in obscurity, you dad killing piece of shit. Um, and, uh, unfortunately Melina escapes, but Kotal makes a pretty significant, like, dent in her forces that day. Um, he goes to head home to his palace to try to say, like, great, now let's find Melina and end the shit. But on the way, he gets attacked by uh, Sonya Blade and American movie star Johnny Cage. (laughs) What are they... (laughs) What are I cannot stress enough that there's an American movie star who's just like in the mix as one of Earth's greatest heroes. You just hop, bops is that around the Jean-Claude Van Damme figure? Yeah. Yeah. This The origins of Mortal Kombat, the video game, is that originally it was going to be a Universal Soldier video game with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and then that didn't work out. And uh, the creators of Mortal Kombat were like kind of frustrated with Jean-Claude. And so they <laughs> put in a character. Once they made up this whole different mythology and this different thing, they put in a character that's like a parody of him named Johnny Cage, who's like a cocky uh, American movie star who literally worms his way into the Mortal Kombat tournament because he wants to prove that he does his own stunts and is a and is a real good warrior. Oh, boy. They were pissed off at Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. Yeah, they were pretty annoyed. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Kotal is heading home, gets attacked by Sonya and Johnny Cage, and he's like, why are you attacking me in my own realm? Seriously, what is your fucking problem? What do you want? (laughs) And uh, turns out they have a daughter together uh, named Cassie Cage, and she um, 
is missing. And the last text they got from her was that she was kidnapped by one of Kotal Khan's generals, this guy, Aaron Black, that cowboy guy that I mentioned earlier. And Kotal's like, I had nothing to do with that. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <sighs> Fine. I'm going to send some of my generals with you to find Aaron Black and figure out what the fuck he's doing because it had nothing to do with me. Do not blame me for your kidnapped daughter. Maybe you should keep track of your daughter better. I don't know why she's out there getting kidnapped at fight clubs or whatever happened. Um, <laughs> he it was says all that. Her, wow. Her yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, they go, they find Aaron Black strung up in a tree, all beaten up. And they bring him before Kotal. And he says, Kotal Khan, I'm sorry. I did go rogue. I did kidnap Cassie Cage. I was just trying to make some money on the side. I was working with this mercenary group called the Black Dragon. They're different from the Red Dragon. <laughs> they... Jesus fuck. Everything's a dragon. Yeah. I mean, the logo for the series is a dragon. So I think it's they kind a of feel obligated to like slip, slip some dragon stuff in there. But um, the Black Dragon is a splinter group that broke off from the Red Dragon. And they were like, we just want to make money. We don't want to do Illuminati stuff. Um, so they're basically arms dealers who like sell rocket launchers from America to like sorcerers and Outworld and stuff like that. Um, so they wanted to kidnap Cassie Cage and hold her for ransom and basically just talk to this Outworld general guy, Aaron Black, into helping them. And Kotal Khan is like, you created a whole like interdimensional political situation. So he has Aaron Black sent to Outworld jail and he apologizes to Sonia and Johnny is like, that wasn't my idea. Sorry. Listen, I got you, your daughter back. <laughs> About that age. Could you, yeah. Could you maybe help us in this civil war? My dad got killed. Um, and so they're thinking about it, not so sure. And that's when his kingdom gets attacked by uh, the Shokan, which is Goro's people. Uh, Goro's people are pissed off that he sliced off Goro's arms. Um, they are now led by King Gorbak, which is Gora's dad. Dad Wars up in the King shit. King Gorbak. Yes, which is, I gotta say, honestly, my favorite name of any character in all of Mortal Kombat. It fucking I thought rules. you were gonna say They're, in like all of literature, and I was Yeah, on board. I'm gonna revise. I mean literature. King Gorbak okay. is a tight name. It is a tight name, yeah. Yeah. Uh, King Gorbak shows up and is like, you cut off my boys, my beautiful boys' arms. And uh, he's leading an army to attack the kingdom. Sonya and Johnny are like in the middle of it. Uh, so they just kind of have to join the fight. And uh, because the Black Dragon have already been like brought before Kotal to answer for their crimes, he says to them like, listen, these guys are fucked up. They mean business. I'm going to pay you to help me fight these guys fight help me fight off king gorbak's forces black dragon i'll, I'll pay you like a million dollars an outworld coin whatever um and so uh the black coin? Dragon i'm do. like listening like yeah. yeah of course outworld coin outworld coin i mean they had to pay him in something so it is like it's some weird little gold coins and they're like sure we use every dimension's currency uh <laughs> so they help out i think they specifically use like a nuke like like i think like a nuclear weapon like, will help you and they fire a nuclear weapon, yeah, at King Gorbak's army. Um, and I think Kotal Khan is like, wow, Earth weapons sure have changed since the Aztec times. <laughs> Earth is a fucked up place. Goddamn. 
Yeah. Why would you guys make that? What Yikes, the fuck? guys. Holy shit. You're saying none of us can like ever go back to the entire place where you fired that? <laughs> what happened to all the women and children nearby? Oh my God. Why I would you make that? What use that. Fuck, fuck off. <laughs> You ruined yeah. that um, whole place. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Goro, you know, he succeeds thanks to nukes in defeating King Gorbak. Uh, sorry. So uh, in Kobo the Kong universe of Mortal Kombat, three uh-huh. total nuclear weapons have been discharged. Hiroshima, yeah. Nagasaki, and mm-hmm. Outworld. Outworld. <laughs> golden Desert of Outworld. Yes. I mean, yikes. Yeah, I'm sticking I with it. I do want to yikes. clarify, because they clarify, they refer to it as a mini-nuke. Oh, it's just a mini-nuke. So, like, Chernobyl-level yeah. disaster Is movie. that real? <laughs> Does that exist? Did we make those? <laughs> I Are there, like, nukes you can put in a rocket nukes. launcher, like, in Fallout? Like, what? Well, like, little cute ones that only decimate yeah. most of everything. Adorable nukes. Itsy, bitsy nukes i don't uh, know that that's better if they're itsy bitsy <laughs> i don't know that reducing the size is whatever no. i'm not a scientist i'm not a doctor no i mean we're all like a little bit thank scientist doctors now thanks to you know covid and having to learn a bunch of stuff we didn't have to know about before but i don't that know didn't really it, help like, me with like nuclear technology though yeah no no but i now live in fear that we'll, we'll one day have to know all that stuff too yeah, oh, of course. Um, I've like yeah. woken up at night with that thought before. Yeah, do I have to know what to do if someone uses a nuke? Yeah. Or do I just perish? Probably I that. I mean, like when I was a little kid and we'd play tag, I would always let someone tag me because then you get to be it. And being it is like kind of choice. You just, you move mm-hmm. at your own pace and you tag someone else at your leisure. And I feel like I would probably also favor that approach in a nuclear winter situation like I, if i survive yeah, I I i'm do. just gonna have to do a bunch of stuff i'm just take me out take me out in the first batch of deaths i don't want to yeah. i don't want to have to learn a whole new world yeah i would love to be skeletoned like right away before mm-hmm. i even know that someone fired a nuke i don't even want that part yeah i don't I want the pressure of like knowing i'm gonna to die because then you have to do yeah. something you have to like do an item yeah. off your bucket list yeah. Who do I say goodbye to? What do I do? Yeah, I don't want I don't want to have to think about any of that. I'm out. Uh anyway, fires the mini nuke. Gorbak gets I think slain some other way, but he's dead. Um and uh Kotal Khan is pretty much taken out like all of at this point it's most of Molina's forces. Um but he finds out that she is hiding out on Shang Tsung's island, which is an island that used to be owned by Shang Tsung. <laughs> Um, which was sure. that sorcerer from the flesh pits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And uh, so Kotal Khan and his dudes uh, and Sonia and her people are like, let's head to Shang Tsung's Island. Uh, we know that the red dragon are working for, for Melina. We know that they kidnapped Cassie. Maybe all, all roads are converging on Shang Tsung's Island. So they go to the Island and they find out that, Melina's uh, lover at this point, General Reiko, that guy that Kotal used to work with, um, has betrayed her, teamed up with a guy named Havoc, who is a 
guy from another realm called the Chaos Realm, which sure. is a realm where they worship water and they believe in uh, no rules, no laws. And the national pastime, and this is canon, <clears throat> is a game called Everybody Run Around, where everyone just starts running around and there's no end and nobody wins. Um, is that what they think anarchists ha- are? I think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so Havoc, uh, turns out, has teamed up with Reiko with this plan to steal all the Kamidogu daggers, resurrect Shinnok, and kill all the Elder Gods and create uh, chaos. They want to get that that Shinnok amulet from earlier, from the Netherrealm War. So, uh, long story short, becomes a huge brawl. Kotal Khan's forces are fighting. Melina's forces are fighting. Melina and Kotal actually work together to kill Reiko because that's a threat that's going to threaten everybody. Um, but then Havoc turns the tables. He starts mind controlling anyone who's cut themselves the Kamidogu dagger, which of course includes Kotal Khan because he did that earlier out of desperation. Uh, he cut himself with the Kamidogu dagger. So suddenly he's been mind controlled by Havoc and he's being used to kill uh, his own allies. This is, this is bad. This is bad news bears until once again, all the friends that Kotal made along the way, his generals, uh, show up at the island to save him. And they do. They succeed in rescuing him. Havoc is defeated. Kotal is freed from mind control. Uh, and Outworld and Earthrealm coming out of this uh, battle together where they saved Cassie Cage. They saved uh, Outworld. Um, they saved Earthrealm. They saved everybody. Now that they finally come together, Sonya Blade is like, hey, I apologize for not helping you earlier. We can become true allies. I know that Melina just escaped, but she's completely disarmed at this point. So if you ever need our help, just say the word. We'll show up and help you. Um, Shinnok's amulet is on the loose now again, but we'll take it back to Earthrealm and we will protect it. Um, don't worry about it anymore, Kotal. Uh, Earthrealm has your back. And Kotal Khan is like, okay, cool. Melina's disappeared into hiding, but like pretty much all her allies are dead. All her soldiers are dead. Kotal mostly goes and ignores her. And for years, there is peace in Outworld. Things are chill. Kotal Khan is succeeding at being the leader he always wanted to be. Until Melina starts wrecking whole cities with Shinnok's amulet. Kotal is like, what the fuck? I left that shit without Earthrealm. Yeah, they guys. were supposed to defend it. How did Melina get it? What's going on? So he's pissed again at Earthrealm. They've continued to not like help him in any way. Um, he starts seeking out Melina again, trying to take her out because she's a threat. And one day, who should he see bopping around, uh, causing trouble in an Outworld village, but Cassie Cage uh, with her own little squad? Kotal shows up and is like, "What the fuck are you doing? I'm going to arrest all of you." Uh, and then one of her teammates challenges him to a trial by combat he's like you can't just unlock you can't just lock us away we know earth outworld laws they're just sassing this guy they're like we know outworld law you can't lock us away if we challenge you to a trial by combat so kotal khan's like fine i'll fight one of your little friends cassie cage he loses a fight in the middle of one of his own (laughs) cities oh humiliating this like random yeah 20 year old with a bow and arrow oh fuck Um, yeah, really embarrassing. This Can't is like he, this a king is where he like enters that. his uh, yeah, he this is where he enters his like demoral demoralized era, uh, where shit like this just keeps happening to him over and over again. 
but uh <laughs> he loses his fight to this guy kung jin this uh little member of cassie cage's team but kung jin spares him and says we're actually here to investigate the amulet too we don't know how melina got it why don't we team up and work together kotal khan is like fine he sends some of his generals led by that bug lady devora uh off with cassie cage's team to go find melina and they succeed they find melina they bring her before Kotal Khan. Kotal Khan says, execute her. And uh, they do. Hey. Melina is finally dead. Um, yay. Seems like all their problems are solved. Uh, Kotal Khan, unfortunately, at this point, makes a tough choice. He says, I no longer trust Earthrealm to keep this amulet, which, like, yeah, fair. Fuck them. They literally yeah. can't. Um, and he says, I'm going to have Cassie Cage and her team arrested, uh, to prove to Earthrealm that they can't just send people here whenever they want to fuck things up in my realm. And I'm going to have, uh, Devora and my generals go take the amulet and we're going to lock it up in our own safe place. Um, unfortunately he fails yet again at protecting his people because Devora betrays him turns out through the years devora has been a secret operative working to free shinnok she's been a disciple of shinnok basically uh uh you know a satanist like worshiping this this dark lord um kotal khan is like what the hell devora's excuse is pretty much like i've seen you and you, you i no longer believe you can lead and protect outworld i think shinnok I mean, should be fair yeah yeah <laughs> He did lose some uh, kind of battle to some kind of whippersnapper, so. Yeah, like a, a, a child showed up and beat you up. Um, I think Shadok should be in charge. So she literally takes the amulet, runs off to Earthrealm, uses the amulet to free Shadok there so he can complete his lifelong mission of destroying Earthrealm and killing all the other Elder Gods. And Kotal Khan finds all this out pretty late and is like, No! God, I can't protect my own people. What the fuck? That's been my whole job. Every time I try to protect my own people, they all get murdered. Uh, so he heads to Earthrealm himself to try to uh, negotiate. He encounters Cassie Cage's team again and decides, I'm going to behead all of you. Take your heads to Shinnok. And just like my dad before me, say, we will bow to you so long as you spare the people of Outworld, because they're my people now. Um, so now Kotal Khan is like settled into old cycles yet again. He's like, just like his dad, he's just going to pledge fealty to this warlord. Um, Bro, the body keeps the score. It just does. Resonant time and again. His body is straight that up keeping. It feels like it would have saved him a lot of time. Mm. You know? Although... Being self-aware doesn't necessarily lead to people making better choices all the time. Sometimes it does. Well, this is a story of how not being self-aware really fucks yeah. you. Yeah, read The Body Keeps the Score, but then <laughs> think about Kotal Khan and how to not <laughs> go that, that route. Um, so yeah, he uh, he's planning on beheading Cassie Cage and her team, but unfortunately... He's stopped uh, by a group of ninjas called the Lin Kuei that uh, frees him um, with their ice powers because uh, they're allies of Cassie Cage. And uh, he does not get to negotiate with Shinnok. But thankfully, 
Cassie manages to defeat Shinnok, so that threat uh, is stopped. But for the most part, like from that point on, Outworld and Earthrealm are like on very separatist terms. They're like not friends, they're not enemies, they're not even really frenemies, they just kind of stay away from each other. Um, thankfully, Kotal is able to go back to ruling uh, a safe and peaceful Outworld. Things are going well again. He's, you know, doing his thing, leading his realm. Uh, and that's when <laughs> things go awry for the final time in his life uh shinnok's mom who we just found out existed shows up she is named chronica and she is <laughs> the titan of time she controls all of time uh which means that she literally weaves like everything that happens in reality if she wanted to she could she could revert all of time to the very dawn of time and have to have events play out differently. Uh, so she shows up in Outworld because her son getting killed is not the way she wanted reality to go because she's a, a mom. And uh, she feels <laughs> that the balance of good and evil has been unbalanced because, you know, Outworld is doing good. Earthrealm is doing good. There's no threat for the first time in thousands of years. And she doesn't like that. That's not how she wanted life to go. So. She shows up in Outworld with the intention of remaking all of time. But in order to do so, she needs an army uh, to basically watch her back because she has to go to like this physical location with a literal hourglass and do some magic to, to reverse time. And she knows that like people are going to try to stop her from doing that. Koil Khan's going to try to stop her. Sonya Blade's going to try to stop her. So she shows up with the intention of raising an army to aid her in her quest to remake time. Um, in order to do that, she brings warriors back from the past who have died tragically to be her army, because she could do that, because time shit, um, to be her army and watch her back, because they'll have, obviously, a vested interest in unmaking time, because they want to be not dead. Uh, so, some of the people that she brings back from the past include Shao Kahn, Oh no. And Jade, Kotal Khan's lover from, from hey! the past that never got closure with. Dead yeah. broad. That's cool. Yeah. So two things happen. First, Kotal Khan kisses Jade and is like, I've missed you so much. And she's like, Oh my God, you're the ruler of Outworld. So much has changed. <laughs> I didn't know that I died. And he's like, You did die. It was terrible. Um, I'm so happy we're together again. The other thing that happens is Shao Khan immediately is like, you're in charge? Fuck off! And tries to fight Kotal. Um, Shao Kahn and Kotal Khan are fighting. It looks like Kotal Khan could win the fight. Um, he has Jade at his back. Uh, but Devora, who is still like anti Kotal Khan and is still alive in this timeline, still just like hanging out, she shows up, decides to serve Kronika, and whisks Shao Kahn and the rest of them away from uh, the battlefield. And so there's like a beat where Kotal Khan and all these other warriors are able to see what's going on. Um, Sonya Blade and Kotal Khan are like, I guess we have to work together again. It looks like we're in a situation here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it Raiden, goes so badly uh, every time. Uh, honestly, it's almost like none of the realms have good leadership. Nothing's ever working out. 
Um, but uh, this is kind of like Kotal Khan's last hurrah. He's like, I'm going to work together with all these people for my life again. I'm going to work together with Sonya Blade and Cassie Cage and Earthrealm. But also because of these people brought back from the past, I'm going to work together with Jade and Katana. She's back. Um, and we're going to have to figure out how to stop Kronika and stop Shao Kahn and stop Devorah and all these other you know villainous figures from my life. Um, they're all sent off on different missions to try to stop it. And, and Kotal goes on a mission with Jade to find out where um, the Tarkatans and where Shao Kahn are hiding out, where their camp is. When they get there, Kotal manages to uh, get all of the Tarkatans arrested and he's going to execute all of them. And Jade's kind of horrified. She's like, what happened to you, dude? This is not the leader you used to be. You did not used to be like an execute people as quickly as I possibly can kind of guy. Like what happened? He's like, you wouldn't understand. This is how you have to be a leader. I've learned all these fucked up lessons from my time trying to rule out world. And uh, Jade basically fights him to stop him from executing a bunch of people. And she succeeds in, in beating the shit out of him. And Kotal Khan is like, man, I've gotten laid out like twice now. <laughs> I should maybe think <laughs> I'm tired. about my choices. Yeah. They get bailed out um, by Katana who uh, is really proving that now that she's returned uh, to this new timeline, she's like finding herself out, out of uh, Shao Kahn's shadow. She's like, no, we're not going to execute the Tarkatans. We're going to get the Tarkatans to work with us instead. Um, we're going to go and find all these armies that are working for Kronika, uh, and we're going to convince them to work for us instead. And she does what Kotal Khan kind of always wanted to do, which is she unites all of the various races of Outworld under hey. their banner. Yeah. And, so he uh, just sucks. After all this, mm -hmm. after all this humiliation, honestly, and seeing what a great leader Katana is, Kotal Khan says, maybe the moral of the story here is that I'm not cut out to be a leader at all. Maybe, yeah, maybe Katana guy. would be a better leader than me. Yeah. And he makes the best decision he maybe ever made. He says, from now on, Katana is the Khan. I'm going to go back to just being Kotal. I want to just have a life with Jade. I never thought I could have that again. I just want to be a person. Katana can be Katana Khan instead. And uh, that was the fateful decision of his life. He decided to just stop trying so hard to be a leader and instead back the people who are true leaders. He backs Katana Khan. She leads the final war against Kronika. Uh, and, um, and they don't succeed in stopping Kronika from reversing all of time. All of time is erased. Jesus. <laughs> um, but Katana and uh, her boyfriend, who I never mentioned, but is like the great champion of Earthrealm, this guy Liu Kang. Together, they become the new uh, titans of time. So the way that we leave things off is... The good guys are making a new timeline. We don't know what that timeline will look like. Hopefully it will lead to good things for Kotal. Jade's best friend is one of the people making new times. So you'd think she'd be invested in making a nice timeline for Jade. Um, so hopefully Kotal will have a nice future. And that's the end. What do you, or maybe what do you they'll think, make Max? her like, what if they just make her a whole new boyfriend who doesn't keep trying to be in charge and stuff? It's probably not a bad idea either, yeah. It's like a really good listener and, you know, yeah. works a respectable job. 
<laughs> it's maybe it's maybe more like what I would what I would do. Yeah, that's what I would um, do. I think. Yeah, that's 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 like it, Rax. Like, yeah. What, overall, what do you what's your feelings on on Kotal Khan? Sounds like a dumbass. <laughs> that, that's uh, my summary is that's a dumbass of a person who uh, sucks a lot and apparently trained the Aztec people to eat hearts and do apocalypto. And yeah. what else? It just sucks and is a dumbass. I don't know. He got Jean-Claude Van Damned. I feel like the second that happens to you as a person, you give up whatever course you're trying to be on and, and you reverse course. And he did not yeah. reverse course in time. No, he like reversed directly into like a, a wall. Right. Yeah. Dumbass. <laughs> that's the story of a dumbass. <laughs> well, that's the story I wanted to share with you, Rax, the story of a dumbass. I mean, now that you're now that you've gone from having no awareness of Mortal Kombat to knowing like all of it. Um, right. I'm, I'm curious your overall feelings on the franchise and if you're interested in exploring it anymore. Um, but I'd also like to give you a final prompt uh, it's the final segment of the show in which I like to ask my guests if you could, knowing about now all the realms and the factions and the worlds of, of Mortal Kombat, um, knowing all that, if you were to exist in the world of Mortal Kombat, Rax, uh, how would you choose your destiny? Who would you choose to be? What would you choose to be? How would you kind of ally yourself in the world of, of Mortal Kombat? Boy, I have enough trouble answering that question about the worlds that we actually live in. Uh, okay, what would I do? Um, I mean, my understanding is I would have ample opportunities to just like grab the hearts out of people. You would. I might do a bit of that. Uh, yeah. Would you be from Earthrealm if you could choose like any realm? Would you choose here? Oh, I because I don't really like it here that much uh, as it is. You know, yeah. there's like all kinds of guys who walk way too slow on the sidewalk and whatnot. I feel like I'd pick oh a God. realm yeah. where uh, I get to ride a dinosaur. That's key. And there's also nobody who walks too slow or talks in the movie theater. Because it seems like you okay. could really pick all kinds of different stuff. You know, there's there's a realm for everything. And so I would want something that's uh, similar rules to Earth, because that's just what I know. But no one's allowed to talk in the movie theater or they get executed. And if you walk too slow on the sidewalk, you get turned into an amulet and protected by the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie star archetype. That's what I want. Okay. Uh, I like that. That's good. A, a just world. A just world, yeah, where you Justice die film. for the right things. Yeah, that's tight. And your fatality, the way you you would end somebody, I guess, would, would just be in this version, you'd, you'd prefer to rip someone's heart out of their chest? I would really like to be able to do that is the thing. It seems really yeah. cool to do. It does. It seems fun. Yeah. I have tiny little hands, too. Like, I never get to feel powerful. I have shitty little toddler hands. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, raccoons have little hands. They manage to get a lot done. Well, I mean, a lot in, like, raccoon world, though. They, like, they do crime. They do all That's kinds true. of crimes. I don't want to yeah. do crime. Yes, I, I guess it's, like, yeah, it's all it's all relative for, for a raccoon yeah. world. But, you know, I guess it's a matter of stakes, right? 
The stakes are still actually. High could I live in Raccoon World in this in in yeah. the vision of this prom? Yeah. Well, realm? hang on. Let's let's just do that. Okay. You're from the Raccoon Realm. Yeah. And uh, it seems beautiful and perfect to me. I don't even need to say another word. I see it in my mind's eye, like your, like uh, like how I can imagine your your uh, body language, opinions, and and the interior of your apartment, like our listeners can. Yeah. Well, if they're good at being podcast listeners they can if they don't know what a raccoon is i don't even know what to tell you google it you're gonna have a great time you're gonna love a raccoon (laughs) if you don't know what a raccoon is google it google a raccoon that's the the official (laughs) stance of the podcast that's right uh rax it was such a it was such a pleasure having you on the show i'm glad we were able to do this i'm glad i was able to share this the story of a dumbass with you and discover the raccoon realm um, if people want more Rex King in their lives, where can they get it? Uh, you can <clears throat> you can follow me on Twitter uh, and Instagram at Rex King is dead. I think that's my TikTok too. I never update it. I just use it to look at uh, raccoons mostly, actually. And you can buy my book, uh, Tacky Love Letters to the Worst Culture We Have to Offer. It's fifteen ninety five, so you know you can't afford not to buy it. And yeah. what? Oh, I have a podcast, Low Culture Boil. You could listen to that. I think I talk about raccoons uh, on there a lot too. It's like my one topic of conversation. Highly recommended. Great podcast. Great book. Get on. Log into the log into the Raxverse. Coming soon to a, a every platform but near you. <laughs> the Raxverse. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't log into the Raxverse. Do that. that sounds Don't very private for me. It eh. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's invasive. Don't come <laughs> Rex, don't come uh, over here. Again, <laughs> you're so close to saying the the most iconic catchphrase of Mortal Kombat, which is get over here. Um and you don't even know it. Um, no, it's eerie. You said that and I heard it. I think that's in the movie. Yeah. yeah. It is in the movie. Because I like heard a, a bunch get of over here. There. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You got it. You got it. Was that it, right? It, it made it yeah, it warmed its way into your head. You got it. <laughs> God, what else has wormed its way into my head over the years? Thank you for having uh, me. Knows? Oh, what a delight. Rax, thank you so much for coming on the show. Audience, as always, thank you for listening. And as always, finish him. <laughs>